the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Friday night. <laughs> it is Friday night, but not just any Friday. This is Freedom Friday because I've got a special guest. I mean, we should really have Freedom Friday every every day, every week, right? I mean, we we really needed to be set setting aside time every week to be honoring our heroes, those of us who, in a volunteer fashion, decide to sign up and to go risk their lives in service to our country. We don't do enough for these heroes. And I've had a hero. I've been, I've been honored a couple of times to have a hero uh, whose name is Major Scott Husing on my show uh, a couple of times in the past. And if you're, you longtime Andrea Acacia listeners will recognize that name because he wrote a book called Echo and Ramadi, the firsthand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. He is a retired USMC infantry major with over 24 years in service. He actually, in addition to Iraq, he actually conducted operations in over 60 countries around the world. And his missions now that he's retired are a little bit different, but it's still in service to our country. And he's here to share his latest mission with you that's called Save the Brave. Major Houston, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Uh, thank you for having me on. I love you and love being on the show. Well, I love you and honor you and thank you for everything that you've done in service to this country and continue to do. Um, you're now working as part of as executive director of Save the Brave to save the lives of our veterans. Tell everybody what Save the Brave is and how you got started on it. And then we'll share about the journey that you're on right now. Like many things in the veteran nonprofit space, our organization, SaveTheBrave.org, was born out of tragedy. One of my squad leaders who fought under my command in Ramadi, Simon Lakey, killed himself in Minnesota seven years ago. And we flew some family members and and fellow Marines up to support his mom and dad. And and, uh, when we came back, we decided to do more. We started offshore fishing program. Uh, That was one trip. Uh, Last year, we did 32 trips. um, And... This ride for the brave that I'm on as I traverse the country over 3,000 miles, nine cities, nine days in triple digit heat and wind and rain started when three years ago, my high school mate, Dave White, killed himself in Montana. Mm. He drank himself to death mm. and his mom asked me to give a eulogy. So I hopped on my Harley, had a COVID, no flights, and it was just a mode of transportation. I rode across the country back over 5,100 miles. And it became this uh, very Forrest Gump-like event, and it still is to this day, and it's continued to grow. And, uh, you know, it, although the, 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 the preface to this journey is, is tragic and it, it's sad, but um, we are out here smiling despite the heat and, and rain and wind. And 
it's become this unifying event, Andrea, where we not only have hundreds and hundreds of riders join me on the road and the, and the byways, but the events we have in every city, thousands of people have come out and it really has exposed the best of the human condition mm. amidst this, you know, social and political landscape that everyone battles and you deal in politics and talking about it, but you know what? We're not out here on the road talking about politics. We're not talking about who you voted for. We are out here trying to prevent veteran suicide and solve this problem and stem veteran suicide because it's all about support. And that's the message that I'm trying to mm-hmm. really share. Like you said, in the introduction is the other 99% of America that really need to understand what our veteran tribe is trying to do. There have been for a few years now a stat, there has been a stat that's that's been going around, and I don't know how accurate it is that 25 veterans a day on average commit suicide, and that was before COVID. Talk to us about this, this crisis that we have in this country with our military who should be the most honored amongst us every day, regardless of rank. Regardless of, you know, um, in many ways, well, I, in some ways you say, well, if somebody didn't serve in war and in battle, do they deserve the same credit? I think that we need to honor all of our military and our veterans, those who are active duty, those retired, those who are currently serving the veterans. I think we should be honoring you guys all day, every day. And we're not. Yeah, we're not. Um, Where do that number? I don't know if it's accurate. I don't know if it's increasing. I don't know if it's increased because of COVID. Talk to us about how how massive of a problem this is. What are the causes of it? And how do we how do we deal with it? It it is a crisis, um, especially within the veteran community that we're keenly focused on, because, you know, whether it's 22 a day or 25 a day, those numbers are skewed because it doesn't, those, that's DOD and VA reporting numbers. So all the guys and all the women that aren't registered or part of the system or in the grid or whatever you want to call it, uh, from this, this generation of warfighters from Vietnam, our Korean War, the, the people that are on the system, it doesn't count for them. It doesn't take into the, uh, the people that were never registered once they left active duty. Mm-hmm. So it is a real, pro- it is a real problem. And we're trying to do our part to stem that number. We understand it's never going to be zero because uh, through, and COVID didn't help with, with the isolation that, you know, it increased depression and anxiety and everybody deals mm-hmm. with that, not just yeah. veterans. And we completely understand that. But, you know, Andrea, throughout time, every culture has had a warrior class from the Spartans to the Samurai to the Apache to include our modern day military. And when those people in those communities sent they're young warriors out to fight and defend and protect what they love. They did it knowing full well that they were either incapable or unwilling to do it themselves. And when they came home from doing and seeing the things that they had to do at war and at battle, when they returned, that gate was open wide and they were received back into that community with open arms. And that's where the disconnect is now and today, because a lot of veterans just feel isolated from the normal walks of life. And these are the same people, uh, myself included, with over 24 years of military service, 10 deployments. These are the same people that raised me, that educated me, that employed me. I I may be a little bit different in the things that I see and my fellow warriors have a different perspective on, but we're still the same people. And we're still Americans. And 
we're a small segment of the American population. But this is the message of support that I'm trying to send. And I'm telling you, and I mean this, and you know I mean this, you guys, what you do at The Answer and every other radio show and media, you guys are part of the solution. And you're part of that support by sharing these stories with your listeners. And anyone listening to this show, you don't have to ride your holiday across the country in triple-digit heat or kick doors in Ramadi to make an impact and change the lives of veterans. We need your support to go mm-hmm. online to savethebrave.org and make a small donation. Make a small monthly donation of 10 bucks. That's 120 bucks. That's the same as it costs to fill one tank of gas now in California, right. where I live as well. So, you know, just when you think you can't make a difference, I'm, I'm, I'm asking everyone just to think about that. In, in, in reality, what it really costs you, it's not that much, but all of the money donated to our organization goes straight back to veteran programs, 100%. And that's something we're very, very proud of. Well, uh, yes. And, you know, Americans are the most philanthropic people in the world. Uh, we continue to give in spite of downturns in our economy, in spite when, when, when we can. And it's important that, that while we see images of horrible things that are happening in Ukraine, we're seeing images of horrible things happening around the world and famine and, and, and poverty. And ext- we also need to remember what's going on here at home and particularly when it involves our heroes who have literally fought and sacrificed so much for us here. If we're going to be philanthropic, if we're going to give to care for others, we need to remember, I'm not saying don't, don't, don't donate to uh, other causes or things like Ukraine, but we're doing it so much at the expense of our own military. We're forgetting about this population. And I think one of the reasons why, Major Houston, that people forget is because they think we've got a Veterans Administration, right? They think the VA is handling all of this, and they're not, are they? They're not. They're horribly broken. Um, I, I hear continued horror stories. I've been subjected to it. Just to get an appointment, it's hours on the phone. It's a, it's a vastly broken system, which is a completely different interview to get me off the, off the rails on, but... Uh, you know, we're, we are very dedicated at SaveTheBrave.org, and we understand And as the leader of this organization, I'm surrounded by an amazing team of people that are out here with me on the road. I'm, I'm calling you from Georgia right now, three hours ahead of you guys in California. Oh, yay, Mike, got family in Georgia. Awesome. Yeah, we're in, uh, just in, we're in Fairburn, Georgia, just south of Atlanta on our uh, second-to-last stop as we cross the finish line for this road tomorrow in, in Charleston, South Carolina. But, you know... This this uh, problem of veteran suicide, it, it, you know, it is very close to me. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I lost another one of the guys that served in my command in, in Ramadi last week to overdose. Oh. And one of my teammates out here and best friends, Pete Turner, his brother was a Marine, killed himself last uh, year, November, in, in the Bay Area. And, mm. you, you know, the families of those who kill themselves, and, and I say that because there's no easy way to say it. And that's what we have to have discussion about is they're killing themselves. And we have to yeah. let them know that there's support out there. But we also have to remember the families that are left yeah. behind in this wake of in this tragic wake of veteran suicide. And we're very proud. Uh, next month, I will be in San Francisco giving a $10,000 scholarship to Eric's daughter, Pete's niece, so Aww. she can finish school at Cal State. And I'm committed to doing that every year. And next year, I'm going to do two scholarships. And the year after that, three and four and five. And we're going to continue to do what we can. Because I'll tell you, Andrea, if our politicians, elected officials, and senior military leaders aren't going to do it, 
our veteran warriors that are still fighting, still helping each other out, we're going to do this and we're going to continue to take care of each other now, just like we did on the battlefield. Cause I would not be sitting here talking to you right now, if it weren't for the brave young men and women that took care of each other and me better yeah. than anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. Well, I want everybody to go to save the brave dot. Is org? Or dot com. Save the brave dot org and donate. Give what you can. And I also want you to read Echo and Ramadi because what what struck me so much, it's been a while since I read it, but it truly is about the brotherhood, you know, and 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 that's something that it's it's a peek into um a brotherhood that most of us don't get to ever, you know, see inside of. And I think that it it humanizes and brings to life for people who I'm the daughter of two Marines. I was born at Lejeune. You know, I already knew, you know, a lot about the military world. I'm I, you know, d- my dad was a Vietnam vet and you know, I spent a good bit of my early years with him overseas. So as you know, part of the military family, I already understood some of it. Um, but many people don't. And, you know, that's a way for them to get a feel for so much about the, these brothers in arms and, and, and sisters. So I want people to do both. I want them to go to save the save the org and donate and also get your book, Echo and Ramadi, because it's just a great read. And it's about real people instead of fictional characters that they might see in movies. And, you know, and it's about modern heroes as well versus so much of our, you know, stuff that we read and hear about is from, you know, um, the Vietnam or World War II. And I think it's important for us. We, we don't hear enough about Iraqi, uh, Iraq veterans and what they've gone through. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people aren't really in touch with what's happening with the suicide crisis. Scott, because because we're we don't really talk enough about your generation's heroes. Yeah. It's true. And, you know, after the, the, the wake in Afghanistan, the, the massive failure, the withdrawal and, and evacuation that happened, that was one more thread in a, in a long rope that, right. that really tied us to our Vietnam veterans and what they dealt with and this sense of, uh, you know, usefulness and purpose and didn't make a difference. And I, I was on multiple shows talking about that as well. And, you know, any veterans listening to the show, I always tell them this is like, we won at the tactical level. Those failures were well above the tactical level at the administrative mm-hmm. level. And I'm not talking about one presidency. I'm not talking about two. I'm talking about three. Right. There's plenty of blame to go around from that. But all of the veterans that felt bad about what happened in Afghanistan, I fought there too. Um, but, you know, this, this problem of self-worth and that leads to isolation and hopelessness where Veterans want to think that there's no alternative and, and they make that horrible, horrible, life changing mm. decision to take their own lives. Man, I'm telling you, Andrea, when I drove through Dallas, Texas, and I rode from Odessa all the way to Dallas alone, and I wow. thought about my, my friends that killed themselves and would they be proud of what we're doing, the ride, and what I was rolling into in Dallas. And when I pulled in, there was 150 riders, mm. police, fire escort. 45 wow. minutes running red lights to North Dallas to Marty B's place. And I looked in my rear view mirror, that tiny piece of glass. And I saw those bikes lined up behind me. I tell you, man, there is support out there and everybody needs to understand that in our veteran community. And the, the other 99% are saying that they are a huge part of that because this is on the Tuesday. So, wow. it's just, uh, you know, uh, uh, emblematic of the power of this human connection that people can make and really take action and do something. And, that's what I ask listeners to do is to please go to save the brave.org and find out more about what we do and make a small donation 
and, uh, you know, do your part to really change lives. Well, thank you for being here. You are a hero of mine and and in all senses of the word and i know it's late back there georgia time and dang if you're in georgia i got family living down there they're like so sick of the heat and you're out there all day in a motorcycle and that georgia heat man on your way to chucktown tomorrow wow um but god bless you i wish i was somewhere near there and i could hop on a harley not that i know how to ride one but if i did i'd be on one and i'd be joining y'all so thank you again so much for being here and um god bless you and and all of our military heroes again it's uh save the brave.org and his book is echo and ramadi the firsthand story of u.s marines in iraq's deadliest city so thank you again for being here my dear thank you anytime take good care all right now we're gonna uh take a skinny tiny little break because i'm up against it i kept uh, major Houston long because i just i could have kept him on all night he is such a hero um we're gonna take a break we come back i actually have uh, a good story coming out of the courts for our present day to share with you guys involving our present day military. So we're going to share that story with you when we come back. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K. Show. Before the break, we were talking to a hero, Major Scott Husing, who wrote the book Echo and Ramadi and is now on a mission to help save uh, our military from suicide and uh, to bring awareness to suicide prevention. And his organization is SaveTheBrave.org. Um, speaking of saving the brave on another in another aspect is our current military, who uh, have many of, of whom have decided they didn't want to get the shot. And some have, um, under force of either take the shot or, you know, leave the military. Some decided to go ahead and take it. Some were able to get medical exemptions. Some haven't done anything or waiting and hoping that, um, it's not going to come down to that. Some have filed for religious exemptions. And there was actually a local case that was filed in the state of Ohio and a federal judge in Cincinnati on Wednesday. Uh, let me remind everybody, rewind back to when the Supreme Court, Uh, The Biden administration decided to impose an employee mandate across the board for federal employees, which included the military, as well as uh, private sector employees. And the Supreme Court came back and said that, no, OSHA could not force private companies to force employees to get the shots, but that the federal government had a right to mandate that on federal employees, which did not make any sense from any standpoint. Uh, But okay, so. That uh, to catch you up on where we're at with the military. So a federal judge in Cincinnati, here's some good news, on Wednesday blocked the Biden administration for the foreseeable future from enforcing the the, uh, shot mandate globally. And this is globally because we got we got military stationed around the world on any service members in the Air Force, the Space Force and Air National Guard who requested religious exemptions. U.S. District Court Judge Matthew McFarland's preliminary injunction stops the military from discharging or disciplining service members in this local lawsuit that now has um, an international impact, of course, as I said, because they, they're stationed around the world. Um, Judge Math McFarland actually went on to criticize the Air Force. Um, writing that they sweepingly rejected each exemption request and failed to carefully consider the merits of each. So it's like basically they didn't even bother to read any of the religious exemptions because this this is was not an honest 
uh, attempt in any regard to have anything to do with how they were dealing with the employees that, you know, and why would they, why would anybody expect them to actually give proper consideration to a request for an exemption when they didn't give proper consideration on the forcing the mandate in the first place? We know that unlike measles, unlike malaria, unlike polio, this was not a virus that was sweeping through the, the um, every different age group and, and population. We knew that it wasn't. We also at the time when they started, um, uh, you know, pushing this out, we also now know after, if not before, these shots were put on the market when the shots were being mandated out, we now know the truth about these shots. We know that when these mandates were occurring, the Biden administration and others were lying and saying that these shots would stop you from getting COVID. Why would anybody even need any exemption of any kind at this point? Why is there even any mandate continuing at this point? But for the fact that this has nothing at all to do with public health, which is why they don't care about anybody's exemptions based upon any anything, because this is ultimately about submission. There's no reason why Biden said the other day in his speech, hey, great news. We've got this Paxlovid. Everybody's going to come in contact with COVID and everybody's going to get COVID at some point. But you know what? We've got this miracle cure. So what's the point of these shots? And why are we trying to force it on the most fit of all American citizens? Because let me tell you, have you been on any military base and saw them walking in uni- in unison? You know, like they did in uh, the uh, I don't know, but I've been told. Air Force wings are made of gold. Anyway, back to this suit. Can you tell I'm in a good mood that it's Friday? Because I'm 30 minutes away from winning the Mega Millions, just so y'all know. Okay. Occur. Um, oh, well, you got something you going to say about that? Better show up on Monday. Uh, <laughs> so um, the judge's decision impacts 200 to 300 service members stationed at Wright-Patterson, but it really affects seven to 9,000 service members nationally. Um, the lead plaintiff in the case is Second Lieutenant Hunton Doster, and more than a dozen others argued that the Air Force is forcing them to lose their livelihoods or violate their religious beliefs by receiving vac- vaccines that they say have ties to abortion. Um they have their religious exemptions are based on on their belief that the COVID nineteen vax was tested and used with aborted fetal cells. I, I as I told Skins before the show, when it comes to a religious exemption, and the it's specifically enumerated in the U S Constitution as our as an amendment, our our right to exercise a religion. Why do I have to say anything more than this is against my religious beliefs? I shouldn't have to say, and they shouldn't have to say. I want a religious exemption because of X, Y, and Z. They shouldn't have to be making it specific to something involving the substance itself. But at this point, I would think, given the Pfizer documents and the truth is what's come out, just the VAERS report from last year alone over the 29,000 deaths, that that should be exemption enough. I don't, what I don't know because I don't, I don't believe we're ever going to get this from the Department of Defense, is how many of our military are dropping dead under and, and being categorized as, gee, we don't know what's going on with this sudden adult death situation we got going on here. We don't know about that. Um, according to one of the plaintiffs, what's really frustrating is this fact, quote, the Air Force has granted thousands and thousands of administrative and medical exemptions, but only a handful of religious exemptions. Oh, so they are giving exemption skins. 
all kinds of administrative exemptions. Those are probably Democrats who know the real deal, like the Democrats and the DOD that are like, okay, if I got to get the exempt, if I got to get the shot, can you make sure you include like some, you know, sugar water, please? Yeah, I still don't think any Democrat you've seen get it on screen has actually gotten the shot. <laughs> yeah. So they can grant exemptions. So it's not as though it is across the board uh, uh, oppression and, and submission. They're happy to give, I guess, not happy, but they're giving exemptions to others, just not on the basis of religious grounds. Okay. I see what you're doing here. Biden administration. The government's attorney wrote that the court should, quote, exercise extreme caution before granting a preliminary injunction in a large class action case such as this one, where class wide preliminary injunctives, uh, injunctive relief effectively amount to a nationwide injunction. Well, of course, because this is a nationwide mandate, if not an international mandate. So anyway, uh, I'll leave it there. No need to discuss this any further. We're going to keep our eyes on it um, on, on Freedom Friday. If there's one thing that our military should have the right to exercise their freedom of is whether or not. And look, and I understand the chain of command. I understand the culture of the military. I grew up in it. I'm the daughter of two Marines. But there should still be some decisions you're allowed to make for yourself as a human being and being injected with a substance that's being that's treating the the American citizens as guinea pigs. Experimental. Experimental is not acceptable, particularly with the military right now. I can't get on social media right now. I can't turn on the TV where I'm not bombarded with people like me who lived at Lejeune up until I think it was late 80s. If you lived in Lejeune, contact us because you probably got some bad issues going on internally because of the crap we forced you to ingest. Can we let our military have a break from being forced to ingest into their bodies crappy chemicals that could kill us? All right, going to take a break. Going to shift gears. Should we talk about Will Smith apologizing today finally after all this time? Should we should we should we not? Is that does that affect pop No, culture? we should. I just don't know if I accept it. All right. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that and uh, and a little another another little story called monkeypox tonight. I don't know. Those two stories might go hand in hand from a pop culture standpoint. <laughs> this is the Andrea K Show on AM eleven seventy. The answer, San Diego. AK Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, let's talk a little bit about this recession. R is for recession. On uh, on Freedom Friday, you don't really have a whole lot of freedom when your money that you make, when you're busting your hiney for it, is taken from you against your will by the U.S. government, right? And it's taken from us every time we turn around. From from the government at every level. I mean, if we get a dollar in, has somebody somebody needs to do an update on when we make a dollar, uh, how it typically gets spent and how much of that one dollar goes to taxes, because we've got uh, property taxes. We've got gas taxes. We've got sales taxes tax. everywhere. There's every time we turn around, there's taxes. So here we are in the middle of a recession. Here we are. Thirty trillion dollars in debt. During the Trump administration, after he lowered taxes, the, re- the the government was had more money coming in than it ever had in the history of this country. We don't have a tax and revenue problem in this country. We have a spending problem. 
Just today, they decided to send $200 million to Kosovo to give them money for, uh, an, for their energy infrastructure. Hundreds of million dollars to Ukraine. Biden's America last policy. Right. They're killing us with their spending. They're killing us with their rate more and, and even more than killing us with their spending or, or equally bad is the overtaxation and the overregulation. The regulations is just as bad. If you didn't even understand anything about the taxes, one of the most important things Trump did was ease up the regulations because that's what's killing business. And that's why you're paying eight dollars or seven dollars or five dollars, whatever you're paying at the gas. It's regulations. It's the jackboot of tyranny on the energy on the energy sector if not other aspects of our society. So they've got us into a recession. Despite what anybody says, they've got us into a recession. And now on top of it, they're lying to us and telling us that it's not really recession because they want to jack us on taxes with this big spending bill that we don't even really have the details on that Joe Manchin signed on for yesterday and agreed with Chuck Schumer on. And I've been warning everybody about about Joe Manchin. Oh, he's he's such a great guy. No, he's not. I've been warning and warning and warning. And I guess Mitch McConnell came out and said he just feels he just feels backstabbed by Joe Manchin. Well, isn't that why the Republican Party needs to stop acting as though they can do they can uh, Mr. Let's can we finally put to rest the mind-numbingly moronic John McCain Republican Party plan of trying to negotiate with terrorists that are out to seek to destroy this country. Joe Manchin is no better than the rest of them. He's just better at hiding it than the rest. They thought he was actually going to join the Republicans. Right. Absolutely. So this big spending bill, by the way, includes not just I mentioned last night, includes a 15 percent tax on corporations, but it also includes a huge buku level of money to increase the IRS to do what? And we kind of knew the IRS expansion was coming. We knew that that was coming. Now, why would they need to expand the IRS? Because they got to have a whole lot of jackboots going around auditing all kinds of people to raise money. And you think that's only going to come after the three percenters or the one percenters? It's going after small business. They're, why do you think they want Venmo accounts? You think Joe Jeff Bezos is doing <laughs> is taking money in through Venmo, through PayPal? They're coming for you, America. But here's the good news. Uh, the uh, there was a poll come out. Sixty six, and this is, I believe, a Rasmussen poll. No, Suffolk University, USA Today. So half of Americans agree that the U.S. economy is in a recession, and that's good news for me. I was glad to see that. I thought this is good news because I had, you know, when when the left has done a good job in controlling the message and controlling the information to the American people. For example, the the coordination and the talking points to convince the American people it's not a recession and that things are all great, right? You you wonder how many people are going to believe it, right? But here's but the American people aren't believing it. The left has really overestimated their ability to gaslight the American people. I think they might have they might have really overplayed their hand. When it comes to this kind of stuff, um, like the uh, the well, we got to change the definition of a vaccine because the shots don't match don't match the definition of a vaccine. So we're going to change the definition of, of what a vaccine is, but we're still going to call it a vaccine. American people aren't stupid. They don't. In fact, people resent that kind of manipulation that's going on. People resent this. They resent somebody lying to their face. 
and blaming Putin for gas prices when they know when the gas prices started spiking. And it wasn't long after Biden took office. So this is good news for us as we're going into the midterms. Um, They also were aware of comments like this from Barack Obama going back to 2009. We played last night, I think it was, we played Joe Manchin talking about how you don't raise taxes in a recession. There's been others that have said this. Please play clip five. You don't raise taxes in a recession. The last thing you want to do is to raise taxes in the middle of a recession. Right. Barack Obama and I agree on one thing. Joe Manchin and I agree on one thing. You don't raise taxes in a recession. But here's the thing. The fact that they're trying to change the definition of a recession so that they can jack us on taxes. We're going to pretend it's not a recession so that we can go back on what we've been saying for decades. We're going to go back on the definition of a recession so that we can go back on what we've been saying for decades, which is you don't raise taxes in a recession so that we can raise taxes. That's what the play is. And we all need to get really, really fired up about all this because I think the the number one plan right now, Andrew, should be to get them to admit it's a recession to put their back against the wall. I don't know. Monday, we're going to I've got some research to do over the weekend that has to do with something that you said a while back. Nancy Pelosi made a made a comment a while back. And we I I wonder if we can refine that sound. If I'm not sure. Do we have the sound or do we have an article? It was a sound, and I'm going to try and find it. Okay, we're going to try to find the sound of Nancy Pelosi months ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, but it really stuck in Skins' crawl. A couple months ago, she made a comment about how she wasn't worried at all about these midterm elections. Wasn't worried at all. Most people in conservative media heard that clip and thought, oh, she's just trying to do her own little game of gaslighting, or she's just trying to pretend she's not worried, like playing a little psychological game with us, or just trying to slough it off, like, oh, you know, I'm not worried at all about that. And Skins heard that comment, and he was like, you know, I think there's a reason why she's not worried. I think that it's because they got a plan Just like they had a plan in 2020, they got a plan to steal the elections for the midterms. Joe Biden signed an executive order to spend. I've got to get the number right. So I'm going to do the research over this weekend. So I don't I I, I want to clarify before I throw a number out there. He signed an executive order to use federal taxpayers money to basically implement behind the scenes, behind the knowledge of Americans as to what's going on, basically what Zuckerberg did using Zuckbucks, what was called Zuckbucks, where he spent billions of dollars around the country interfering in our election process by funding organizations at local levels to set up ballot drop boxes and do and ballot harvesting and all kinds of means much of which was illegal as we now know in the state of wisconsin that those ballot drop boxes were not supposed to be implemented we also know that it was discriminatory in the way that they were applied in pennsylvania so the the biden administration and i want to do some research on it because it actually involves reportedly it actually involves a variety of different agencies and departments across the country according to different reports and again, I want to verify it and, and, and share this with you guys on Monday. But evidently, the Biden administration and the Democrats couldn't get their H.R. 1 through, their House Resolution 1 through, in which they were going to federalize the elections. So evidently, what they've managed or what Joe Biden's attempting to do with his executive order 
is federalize the elections using taxpayer funds and a whole lot of departments and agencies around the country to federalize our elections. Which would really explain why Nancy Pelosi really wasn't too scared and wasn't worried at all about the midterms. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, let's take a break, Skins, we come back, and then you can play that Nancy Pelosi clip. And then we'll also go to Hear of the Week and Stink of the Week. So don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We have found the clip of Nancy Pelosi talking about how she ain't worried about these midterm elections. Let this sink in. It's very telling. All right. Now, let's get to your point about uh, some of the, shall we say, I don't know what's in Washington, D.C. So, well, history says, well, we're not talking about history. We're talking about the future. Uh, history says the president loses seats after the, in, his, uh, in the off year. Well, the president gained seats in the on year. This president did not, but he won the election. He helped us hold the House. We helped him win the election. And those of, of our candidates or our members who won in a, um, with Trump on the ballot and won in the Trump districts are in pretty strong shape. But we want more. We want more. We have to offset uh, some changes, but we want more. I, I feel I have absolutely no intention of us losing this election. We'll win it one election at a time. She has no intention and they don't. I'm going to uh, do some deep dives and some research into this executive order and all the details um, from uh, people reporting uh, like um, Molly Hemingway at the Federalist. So cu- be sure to tune in Monday because we might this need This red to- wave is not for certain. It's not for certain. And you hear that all day, every day that uh, the red wave is coming and that lulls us into complacency when the they've got a plan to rig this election again. And we need to understand it and we need to have a plan to push back against it, including getting on the phone with every every Republican who's running for office, everyone who's in office, including and, and then those within the party that have the power to do something about about it. All right, shifting gears. In about six minutes or so, somebody's going to be winning the Megan Millions. And NBC San Diego has an article out here. Four th- key things for you to consider if you actually win the $1.28 billion. Okay, so I actually think um, that this is actually a really good article for you guys. And I know that it may seem silly um, that, you know, and, and, and dopey, but somebody's got to win it, right? So their first their first tip is that I loved is um, if, if you win the first thing they say to do is to breathe. Okay, that's a good idea. Breathe because can you imagine? Can you imagine finding out that you were the one jumping, that, screaming? Yeah, I right. Can imagine. These are actually good tips. Whether or not you win the Mega Millions, whether or not, and I'm not and I'm we're, by the way disclaimer we're not promoting gambling. This is fun. This is like you know I, we we don't really want people to be going out breaking the bank spending money they don't have but everybody's got mega millions favor tonight so hey if you're going to win play responsibly if you're going to play buy it throw a dollar out there but here's what you should do number one breathe number two protect your ticket and your privacy so you're going to want to sign the back of it this is an interesting suggestion take a picture of yourself with the ticket and then store both the picture with the ticket in um an, in a lockbox or a safe deposit box, right? Um, number three, get professional help. 
<laughs> and in this case, they're talking about financial advisors, right? Uh, <clears throat> not necessarily, but it also could include some therapy because you might need uh, you might need you might have some stress and anxiety to deal with. I also would add in there if you're not in a state that forces you to give your name over, you might want to hire an agent to go and get the money for you. Um, you also have to decide whether or not you're going to take the cash or the annuities. I'm a cash upfront person. I am too. I'm a cash upfront person. Um, <clears throat> the cash option, according to this article, which most winners choose for this 1.28 billion jackpot, would be only all year. You only take away be 747 million, baby. So um, that's still a huge takeaway. That's huge. That's a huge chunk. Um, the feds are going to take 24% off the top. Um, the top marginal tax rate is 37%. The winner should anticipate owing much more tax at tax time. Oh, so you still have to pay. They're going to take 24%, but oh. you still might have another 13% but that see, That's you why owe. you hire a financial professional that can actually do all those uh, figures for that's you. That's right. Plus, there's state taxes. See, this is a reason why so many people win the lottery and end up broke because they don't really know. And this is why you got to get some financial help. The last point they have uh, is to ponder what's ahead of you. Who does, who's not already pondering in anticipation of winning, right? Have you not already pondered what you would do with the dough? Oh, yeah, for sure. And what you would do? Of course I would. Um, quote, if you were previously working, there's going to be a change to your day-to-day life. I would imagine so. Consider how you will spend your days and how you can make sure you still have purpose in your life. Man, get away from me with that. I don't, don't be lecturing me on how I got to continue to find purpose in my life. If I win 747 million, my purpose in life is going to be enjoying myself. (laughs) Because you can. Right. Look, I'm a Christian. Uh, I know that my purpose is always to continue to stay close with the Lord and, you know, try to try to live my life accordingly. Um, but anyway, you'll be it, the same AK as before you won the money. Always be the same AK. Always. Because, yeah, um, but I also believe that, you know, um, whatever riches we get, whatever blessings we get, we get them from the Lord. We need to be good stewards of whatever money we have right. and from whatever source we have. We also need to remember to tithe and to give back. But there ain't nothing in the Bible that says I can't enjoy myself with whatever money I have as long as I'm good to others. Right. Uh, I don't see anything in the Bible that says I can't buy a big, beautiful house with a big backyard and lots of doggies and take lots of trips to the Maldives. Right. Okay. Here of the week and stink of the week quickly. Hero will report on it next week. Uh, DeSantis coming back against the ESG. Loving that, baby. Um, my hero's got to be Major Scott Husing for his ride for to sure. save the brave. Uh, stink of the week. Uh, Biden administration in the White House. Stop telling us we're not in a recession. We're in a recession. Yeah. Um, yeah. The gaslighting and lies coming out of the Biden administration is pretty much a, a stench that uh, we got we got to stamp out all right love you guys have a wonderful weekend good luck to you out there two minutes away to the mega millions only leading brands like green mountain pellet three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.